This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Florida discussing a father who was ambushed and murdered in front of his child. Then we'll talk about two young men who vanished three months apart on the same road. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Sunshine State. No one wants to get divorced, but sometimes it happens. In 2021, a total of 689,308 divorces occurred across the 45 U.S. states that report these statistics. It's not fun splitting your property, your finances, and starting over again like you never knew the person you said vows to, promising to be together until the end of time. When you throw kids into the mix, it makes things even more difficult. Their little hearts and heads cannot understand why. Some adults cannot understand why. If you divorce and have a minor child or children, you and your spouse will have to address child custody issues. This can lead to tremendous animosity, stress, and the financial strain of attorneys and court costs. When an agreement cannot be made regarding the custody of the minor children, you must hash it out in court, and that is a nightmare for all involved, especially the children. This can cause an already strained co-parent relationship to ignite into a full-blown firestorm. February 16, 2022, 33-year-old Jared Brodigan, a Microsoft exec, is shot and killed just before 8 p.m. after getting out of his truck to move a tire that was still attached to the wheel, blocking the one-way street he was traveling on. He had just dropped off his twins that he shared with his ex-wife, Shanna, in Jacksonville Beach, just a few miles away from St. Augustine, where he and his new wife, Kirsten, lived. He and Shanna shared joint custody of their 10-year-old twins. This was a huge source of contention between them. Per their custody agreement, they got the twins every other week. So I have joint where we do five on, five off. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe like there's very this, even. Yeah, very even. If it's joint, they try to keep it mm-hmm. very even. So during the off weeks, when he got off work or whatever, he would pick them up on Wednesdays and they would do like a midweek little daddy date just to kind of break up being away from his kids for so long. That makes sense. So this is where he was coming from the night that he was shot. It was their midweek date and he had dropped them off (sighs) and was headed back home. He called his wife on the way home and told her a little bit about the night and how it went and what they did. And then he hangs up with a, okay, I'm almost home. I'll see you in a sec. He spots something in the road, puts on his flashers, and gets out to move the object, the tire. He was ambushed and shot four times at close range. Is the tire left there on purpose then? That sounds very weird. The two-year-old daughter that he shared with his new wife, Kirsten, was in her car seat. (gasps) And witnessed the entire thing. There was nothing taken from the truck or himself. And it didn't appear to be a robbery. The two-year-old was still in her car seat unharmed. Around three minutes later, a passerby comes upon the SUV parked in the middle of the road with its flashers on and the door, the driver's side door open. They find Jared on the ground in a pool of blood. They take the baby out of the car seat, wrap her in a blanket, and wait for the police. Mm. So police get there, and they immediately are like, he was ambushed. Who hated this guy that much? The way that the tire was placed in the road, the person knew that it was a one-way street. That's freaky. Or not one-way, but just one car. You know, it was very narrow. So we couldn't have went around it. There was no, it wasn't a, you know super public road that mm-hmm. had a lot of traveling up and down and there were no cameras up so they did this on purpose yeah. so his wife 
person is still at home with their six-month-old baby waiting on him to get there. And she's blowing his phone up. He's not answering. By 8.30, she goes looking for him. So she mm-hmm. buckles the baby up in the car seat and they take off looking for dad. She's still trying to call him. And finally, someone answers his phone and it's a cop. And he says, you need to go to the police department. She's hysterical. Her husband, her two-year-old daughter, the only thing they'll tell her is your daughter's okay, that they haven't said anything about Jared. So she goes down to the police department, scoops up her baby, and learns that her husband had been killed. He was gunned down, which is awful enough to find that out, but to know that your two-year-old baby is in the car buckled in her car seat and seized the whole thing. so terrible. So now Kirsten must deal with the ex-wife, Shanna. So Kirsten offers to go pick the twins up so they could come to Jared's funeral since the ex-wife was not invited. And Shanna's pissed about that and refuses to let them come to the funeral because she couldn't. She said, we'll just hold our own memorial service. These poor twins, they're the same age as Max. Yeah. And they just lost their father and they can't even That's go messed up. say goodbye. They can't see their two-year-old sister or their six-month-old other sibling or their stepmother. Just all ripped away from them. It's so sad. Shanna texted her later that night about some library books that needed returned. And then a few minutes later, sent a text requesting a copy of Jared's death certificate. It had been 12 days. 12 days. Mm. And you're asking me to send you a copy of his death certificate? You might not even have it yet. Right. It takes a while to get yeah. that. And you have to get multiple copies and all that. She said he that her attorney needed it for family court. Because now their case would be settled. Because We'll settle it next week. Well, also, or whatever. Well, her attorney ended up being able to get a copy like he would have anyways. Yeah, exactly. Do it yourself. So Jared and Shanna met when Shanna was in Jacksonville, Florida, visiting a friend. She had come all the way from Utah to Florida. Mm. They were very young and in love, and they were married within a year. And it was a huge wedding. They were married in one of those giant temples in Utah, so clearly they're Mormon. Her parents supported them. Jared moved up to Utah, and Shanna's parents bought them a $800,000 home. Holy crap! Each one of them their own Mercedes. <laughs> what? They had a monthly allowance of $8,500. Are they the king and queen of Mormonism? Listen, I mean, like, that's a lot. Very loyalty. <laughs> yes. And a $100,000 business loan. Yes. So, Shanna is the daughter of the owners of Stamping Up, which is like a card company. That's a card company? Like like, a, like gift, cards. Like playing cards? No. Gift cards? No. Birthday cards. Greeting cards. Greeting cards. Thank okay. you. I was like, what's the so word I'm looking for? And other things like that. Stationary Man, things. So, I, I mean, they're... be in the paper biz. So, they're a... Uh, they have um, last year a hundred million dollars in revenue. So holy crap! They didn't care to help their daughter out. Just say that. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket for them. Listen, so what's on Mercedes here and there? Right. So after their twins were born and their son was diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension and required him to live at sea level, the family moves to Connecticut. Wow. So almost immediately, there's trouble in paradise. Shanna is irritated at Jared for being so busy trying to start up his new business and the fact that he had gained weight. <laughs> Listen, it happens to all of us. Okay. <laughs> so he suggests, why don't we move to Florida? It's close to my family, back to my hometown. That's sea level? Well, it's Utah's not. Utah's elevation yeah. is way high, so yeah. it's going to be lower. But I would almost think it's too low. <laughs> well, look at Connecticut. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, you're more. right. I don't know. Interesting. I never even thought about having to live at sea level. Yeah. Wow. Well, they end up moving to Florida, and it's just not getting any better. Shanna chose to distance herself from the LDS faith, but he did not. 
and this became a huge problem. Oh, yeah. Jared wanted to make things work, but it just, he didn't think that they could. He found several texts between her and her personal trainer. Um, the one that he had bought and paid for uh, her as a Christmas gift. Oh, no. And he confronts her, and she tells him, I don't love you. Which breaks his heart. Man, you don't love your personal trainer either. I mean, come on. It's like a man dating a secretary, a, a woman dating a personal trainer. A doctor dating a Oh, nurse. my gosh. Let That's, me roll my eyes. Yeah. Ugh. So he talked to his friends and family about how sad he was. Shanna began hanging out at the gym and started teaching classes there. And this is where she met Mario Fernandez Saldana. He was the handyman. She also started hanging out at a tattoo place. She got piercings. Hanging out? Yes. I guess just like hanging just out. Soliciting? No. Yeah. Okay. So she uh, okay. got a bunch of piercing and tattoos and talked openly about her marriage ending. And at one point, if someone knew someone who could shut him up. Oh, my gosh. What was he doing? Just not her ex-husband. She just wanted him shut up. So She just had to deal with him because of the, yeah, yes. the kids. Yeah. So she's like, I'm sick of it. Ugh. Yeah. But you Lord. can't say shit like that, people. No, you cannot. Don't even, even if it's, I mean. I'm pro- I've probably done it so many times. Not even thinking about well, it. Like you know I have. <laughs> Like, just off the cuff. But yeah, you're right. The wrong person dies, and you've said that, and someone knows it, you're screwed. So the divorce is finalized in 2016, and Shanna and Mario get married in 2018. And the custody battle starts almost immediately after the divorce and lasts six years until his death. They fought over where the kid would go to school. That Jared interrogated the kids and recorded them. Of course, he denied this. He said that Shanna put surveillance cameras in their rooms. She denied that. It was just back and forth. What a mess. He got a very lucrative job, but quit it because it required him to travel, and he didn't want to do that to his kids. He got a new place and started dating again on those wonderful dating sites. Any fish. And he, or, what's, what's the other Mormon? one? ChristianMingle.com. Could be ChristianMingle. <laughs> so he meets Kirsten, and she's from Charlotte, and she also worked for Microsoft. And he would drive the six hours to North Carolina. They dated back and forth, long distance. She moved to Florida, and they got married. And she had um, her first of two babies with mm-hmm. him a year later. So, Shannon and Jared are still battling it out in court. There is over 900 pages in their case files. She has remarried. He has remarried. I feel sorry for any woman getting into this relationship, you know, just with an ex in custody. Oh, I feel sorry for anyone having to. Oh, no. So, this all comes to a blow over a trip that she had planned where they would be at a high altitude. This required their son to use a machine that kind of stabilizes his lungs and stuff. She needed a small machine to travel with. She had a huge one at her house. Jared had the small machine at his house. He would not let her use it. So she takes him to court and files a motion, basically saying that he'd rather be a shitty dad than do what's best for a son just to get back at me. Mm. And the court sided with her. And he had to pay her $570 and give her sole use of the small machine. So the whole mess is a nightmare. These parents fighting like this. That's terrible for the kids. It's it does nothing for them. No. Uh, it no. really is heartbreaking. No. Okay, so a little about Jared. He grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, was one of four kids. He received his Bachelor of Science in Digital Media from Utah Valley University. And eventually took a job as Senior Design Manager for Microsoft. He was always the go-to guy in the neighborhood. Everyone loved him. He had four kids and loved being a dad. And there's nowhere he would rather be than with his kids. Mm -hmm. And anyone that knew him, and there's videos of him with his kids, you can just, he's a good daddy. So anyways, back to the attack. Everyone's shocked that this has happened to Jared. 
He, like I said, was adored. No known enemies. A lot of people suggested Hannah. Yeah, I mean, of course, especially with the custody battle or her, someone she's dating, you know. And I think that's typical. They would, ex-husband, ex-wife, ex-lover, you're always going to be. You're going to be a suspect. 100%. Even if you're the current wife, you're probably getting interviewed. It doesn't matter. Even if it's an amicable split. But theirs definitely was not Mm -hmm. with this nasty custody battle. His family and wife kept pushing for answers. They were not going to let this go. And on June the 14th, 2022, Shanna hired a criminal defense attorney. She said it was to protect the twins from bad publicity. Then Shanna moved the kids to Washington State, and her parents bought them a million-dollar home. Her husband, Mario, did not move with them. Police are definitely suspicious Mm. of all of this, something is very off. Mm-hmm. They interview neighbors, which provide very little help. Surveillance videos showed a dark blue truck that, that had traveled on that road like somebody's ring camera the night that Jared was murdered, but they couldn't meet the tag. It was a Ford F-150, and the tire found in the road also belonged to a Ford F-150. Mm-hmm. So using vehicle records, detectives located suspect Henry Tennant. Henry Tennant owned the exact truck and matched the description that was given to them by the surveillance cameras. And there was one connection between Henry and Shannon. Jim? Mario, the husband. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on the Jim. <laughs> Which, that was the only connection he had to Jared. Mm-hmm. So Henry rented a home for Mario. Like an apartment. So it was his landlord. And after obtaining his financials, they found three checks from Mario to Henry. Cell phone records show that the two talked a lot. Like 30 to 35 times a month. And given all this information, they were like, yeah, he definitely conspired with Mario and some other people possibly to murder Jared. Very fishy. So on January 25th, 2023, Henry is arrested for second-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, accessory after the fact, and child abuse. The child abuse charge was because the oh, baby yeah. was in the car seat and she could have been hit by a stray bullet. Oh, plenty of things could have yes. happened. She could have been left there too long. Oh, too many things. So he's charged with Jared's murder. He's already in jail whenever they charge him for possession of a weapon by a felon and driving on a suspended license. He had numerous traffic violations and had been arrested for battery, criminal mischief, domestic violence, and my favorite, hot checks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this guy's a mess. Yeah. Like he's not hot an up- mess express. Uh, not an upstanding citizen. No. In March of 2023, Henry took a plea deal and faces a minimum of 15 years as part of the deal. He admitted to being the one that shot Jared and agreed to testify against those that conspired with him. Mario. So the police were able to confirm that Mario solicited and conspired to have Jared murdered. He was charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, solicitation to commit a capital felony, and child abuse. He pled not guilty, of course. Prosecutors have announced that they will seek the death penalty mm. against Mario. They don't mess around in Florida no, or Texas. Hell no, if he's convicted, obviously. The prosecutor read the death penalty filing aloud in court for murder charges. She said he was murdered for financial gain. But prior to that, there has been no mention of that being a possible motive. So I don't know. If it's life insurance, maybe, that the kids were supposed to get. She had had all the money, right? Like, her, it was her family her that family was wealthy. Her family had money, very wealthy. So, I don't know what the financial yeah. gain would be from him being dead. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I feel like more so the motive would be, I'm sick of him, get him out. Like, right. You know? So, this case is still ongoing. The trial has not yet taken place. Wow. Shanna has maintained her innocence and her and her children still live in Washington State. Kirsten released this statement on social media after the first hearing was held in July. 
The announcement today is another significant step towards justice. The knowledge that the state is pursuing the death penalty for Mario Fernandez Saldana is welcome news because it signifies determination and the relentless pursuit of justice for Jared, our family, and the community. We aren't backing down to those involved in this heinous, cold-blooded murder of my husband in front of our daughter. So, we'll have to update you guys when something happens. These poor kids. They've just been through it most of their life. Yes. Now this. The fighting, the custody. It sucks. It's heartbreaking to lose a dad, like I said, and your stepmom and your siblings. Mm. You know I'm going to ask you this. Do you think the ex-wife had anything to do with it? Or do you think she knew it was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, because what would even the if, other guy, right, how would he get any money? Even if she didn't, maybe the things that came out of her mouth, her husband just kind of took it and ran. Like, oh, well, yeah. she said she wanted him dead. Or, or strongly hinted. Or, right. I don't know. We don't know. We're speculating. Yeah. Don't come don't, for us. Don't know. We don't just know. Just carrying this case. <laughs> we don't know. And maybe. I just always smell rats. Maybe so. she's just a hothead like me and just says shit and off the cuff. And he took And it. he took it and ran with it. But why, I just don't understand why he. I don't know. I mean, as a mother. And what's the landlord getting out of it? The landlord's Mario. No, I mean, what's the. What's his name? Not Mario. The other guy. The one that shot him? Yeah, what's he got paid? Three checks were deposited but in like, his account. So he's paying him to murder this guy. Yeah, he's so he's the hitman. Yeah. But through Mario, it just I guess I just don't see Mario's motive other than if he was told, I just don't see the motive. Right. But, well there wouldn't but be what's one. he getting out of it? Because nothing I found said that Jared and hmm. Mario ever had any like yeah. words or arguments or they didn't fought, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it just, like she, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate anymore. I don't no know either. I'm, I'll be following it. Definitely. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. I hope that that baby girl that was in the car Ugh. has been in therapy. I read some articles where mom said that she had nightmares yeah. and probably a little PTSD from all of this, which is incredibly sad. So I'm, I'm quite sure that her mom's getting her yeah. help to cope with all of this stuff and mourn the loss of her father. That is so sad. And I hope that those twins, wherever they are, are, <sighs> yeah. are happy and healthy and moving on the best that they can mm-hmm. after. It's awful. Yeah, it is. It's very sad. I am very blessed to have a good relationship with my ex. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You I mean, have heard me vent. Well, I know. But I will say, <laughs> I've always been impressed with how you handle co-parenting. It's I would say Max, I mean, of course he doesn't know now, but like you do a great job of giving him both parents to where it's almost like he... He doesn't realize we're not together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're... He doesn't mi- ever miss exactly. either one of us. Yeah. He can call you whenever mm-hmm. he's with his dad mm-hmm. or they, you visit each other, vice versa. I've always been very impressed with your, your co-parenting. If he just wants to come home and it's dad's night, yeah. dad's never said no. The same way with me, if he ever mm-hmm. wants to go to dad's or my house, 100% yeah. you can go. You you have to love your child mm-hmm. more than you hate your Exactly. Ex. You have to take your hate away from them and be like, what would be best for the kid? And I know even if I want to pull yeah. his hair out, it's, it's not, his son. It's di- yes. a different relationship. It's not the same. It's not easy always. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, yeah. We no. went to a lot of therapy. Well, yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> to get where we are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, co-parenting it's, with married people, I'm sure, is hard oh enough. I'm going to find that out. You will. And I want to pull all Samuel's hairs out. <laughs> And I realize that not everyone can. Yeah, so sometimes it's impossible. But you can find mediators or safe spaces to, yes, or like what a social worker or um, well, um I don't know what it's lotto, called, like an yeah. attorney at like someone in mm-hmm. in the, a middleman to swap kids and not not have to fight. Yeah, not have to. Well, but it sounded like I mean, if he took, he was taking these kids to their house. I mean, at least you could. Yeah. That they were on some form of... I would have thought. Some type of... Mm-hmm. But who knows? Anyways, 
awful, awful story. Yeah. Go to therapy, people. Everybody. Everybody go to therapy. Get your kids in therapy. Everybody wins in therapy if you're having a nightmare relationship with your ex. Mm-hmm. Do not hire somebody to kill him. Mm-hmm. Not that we think that she did. Don't <laughs> twist our words. <laughs> Just don't say anything. Just yeah. go and talk to your therapist. Just, yeah. Because at the end of the day, your babies are the ones that mm-hmm. suffer. That's very true. And that sucks. So, yeah. You got to be grown up. You do. I'm burning up. I need a break. Yeah, let's take a break. All right. Let me get into my case. 19 years ago, in 2004, which doesn't seem like 19 years ago, but here we are. (laughs) 27-year-old Terrence Williams was working two jobs in Naples, Florida. Terrence was originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, but had recently moved to Florida to be near his mom, Marcia. Both our cases are about transplants. He was Marcia's only child. So they were very close. So that's why I wanted to move and be closer. And Marcia had a strong intuition when it came to her son. And on the night of January 11, 2004, Marcia woke up from her sleep praying for her son. Very freaky. That's a terrible feeling. She had a feeling something terrible was about to happen. And she was right. The next day, on January 12th, Terrence was missing. He had a roommate named Jason Gonzalez, and he said that he spoke to Terrence on the phone on the evening of Sunday, January 11th, before he went to bed. Terrence had attended a party that evening at a co-worker's house, but he did not have a valid driver's license after being cited for a DUI. So he tried to find a ride to the party legally, you know. He had no luck, so he just decided to drive himself. Mm -hmm. His roommate, Jason, got concerned when Terrence never arrived home that night or the next day, so he emailed Marsha on the 13th. He was last seen by Jason and was driving his white 1983 Cadillac. So Marsha and her family called local tow companies, asking if they had seen his car, which was a smart move because his car was picked up from a tow company. Yeah at the Naples Memorial Gardens Cemetery on January 12th. That's where they found his car. At a cemetery. Mm-hmm. The company didn't know anything other than that, so Marsha went and spoke to the cemetery workers. They told her that a cop put him in the back of his cruiser and drove away with him at the cemetery. And left his car. Yeah. Oh, boy. They even knew who the police officer was, Stephen Calkins. So, Officer Stephen Calkins was contacted at his home by the department's dispatch, and at first, he denied even ever seeing Terrence. He acted like he had no clue who that was, didn't know who they were talking about. He also said he did not recall calling a towing company to pick up the Cadillac from the cemetery. So, just a few days have gone by. You would remember if you did or did not. You wouldn't say, I don't remember if I called about a car at a cemetery or not. No. It's not like it's years later. But Marsha was not going to let it go, and she kept calling the sheriff's office for answers. So finally, Stephen was asked to write an incident report. And then his story completely changed. Suddenly, he remembered a very detailed account of his interaction with Terrence. He said that the vehicle Terrence was in appeared to have been having problems. He alleged that Terrence said he just bought the car and that it wasn't running right, which was not true, and Marsha even drove the car back from the towing company without issue. Stephen said that Terrence told her he was late for work and asked him for a ride. And then Marsha says her son would have never asked for a ride from a police officer. And plus, he had plenty of friends. Stephen also said that Terrence worked near the Circle K gas station. Stephen also said he dropped him off at the Circle K gas station because he either worked there or somewhere nearby, which wasn't true. So he would have been going to a second job at Pizza Hut, which was two miles away from the Circle K gas station. So why not just drive into Pizza Hut? Why drive into a random gas station? Right. You're going out of your way anyway. What's two miles? 
couple of minutes. So he placed a call to dispatch about the Cadillac because he wanted to get it towed. And while he was on the phone, he started using a lot of slang. He changed his accent to, quote, faux African-American jargon. This is a white police officer. So we're clear while he was on the phone with dispatch. And it was so bad that after investigators heard this phone recording, he was reprimanded. He later admitted it was in poor taste and he was using poor judgment. So he was mimicking a black accent, basically. That is one of my, oh, I hate when. Which was so odd. Right. Because there's no, no reason, reason for you to. Yeah, it was just very strange. Anyway, so Stephen, Stephen said he'd given Terrence a ride to the Circle K, dropped him off, and then that was the last he knew. But there was no proof Terrence ever arrived at the Circle K gas station. No one else ever witnessed him there, and he wasn't on any footage. Something else odd, detectives never found a verbal or written warning that had been issued to Terrence. But there was no proof that, so there was no proof that stop was even real. Like, nothing was written up. There's he no was, report. He was driving without a license. Well, oh, he was driving illegally. He had a DUI on his record. He should have been written up. I'm not saying that because, but I'm just saying, like, me, for example, if I was driving like that, I should be written up. But he didn't write him up at all. He didn't even make a, a report that he pulled him over yeah. or anything. Very weird. No body cam. No. No Mm-mm. dash cam. And I'm not sure why, but no, he didn't have any footage what, in his What year car. was it again? 2004. Maybe, Maybe they, they didn't, didn't have, have to yet. Or, or, well, they probably had it, but probably didn't. It probably wasn't standard on yeah, every single. That's true. So two months later, Marsha wrote a letter to the editor of the Naples Daily News, pleading for help to find Terrence. Soon after, she received a call from the Mexican consulate. They're usually involved with immigration, and her first thought was, oh my god, they found my son. But they were actually calling her for a different reason. They were calling her to let her know of a 23-year-old immigrant from Mexico named Felipe Santos who had a shockingly similar story to Terrence. So Felipe was from a small town in Mexico and would often call his parents. He was known for being quiet and polite. He and his fiance had a baby daughter, and he loved being a father. He didn't go out much, and a friend said he was most often seen going to and from work or to the laundromat. In October of 2003, so a year prior, Felipe was involved in a minor traffic accident on his way to work. Two of his brothers were also riding in a car with him, and Officer Calkins arrived at 6.55 a.m. and quickly determined that the crash had been Felipe's fault. And, and he also had no driver's license or insurance on him. So he was also driving illegally. But for some reason, Stephen said, Stephen Calkins said he didn't want to leave him by his car because he was afraid he would end up driving off with it anyway. So he drove him to the nearby Circle K and dropped him off. Yeah. He said that once they got to the Circle K, he then issued him citations and gave him back his keys with a copy of the crash report. He said he didn't want to arrest Felipe because he was being polite and cooperative. So, same with Terrence. There's no proof they ever even went to a Circle K. Felipe was never seen there. And investigators also thought the entire thing was odd because Felipe wasn't far from work when he was pulled over, or when he wrecked. Their foreman was on the way to pick up him and his brothers, which would have been all three of them, but the cop but Calkins just wanted to take Felipe to work. Makes no sense. This sounds very... Yeah, it's like, there's three guys. Yeah. Why be like, no, I'm, I'm going to take you to work. You're not going to wait for your ride. Just very suspicious. So the foreman kept calling the jail because he assumed that's where Stephen took him. And then when they had no luck, they started calling hospitals. Felipe has never been seen again. Yeah. So, there's another mystery about this because investigators looked at a copy of the tickets and in the space for signatures of the violator, which would have been Felipe, his middle name was written as Maximo. And then on the other ticket, his middle name is written as Medino. Neither of those is his middle name. It's actually Maximino. And the signatures don't even match his handwriting. So, it's like someone heard him say his middle name and wrote what they think they heard differently. Makes no sense. 
They had a handwriting expert. It's not Felipe's. And you think, oh, okay, it's Officer Calkins who forged them. They didn't match his handwriting either. So who did? I don't know. So Terrence was a, so Terrence was black. Felipe was Latino. Officer Calkins was white. I know some people don't like when race is mentioned about cases like this involving cops, but in my opinion, race was a factor. Seems like it. Yeah, and even Doug Malloy, the assistant U.S. attorney in 2004, said it was his belief that they were killed because of their color. Investigators surveyed the evidence and determined that Stephen was not telling the truth about his interaction with Terrence. One investigator made a list of nearly two dozen untruthful or inconsistent statements that Stephen made about the day he met Terrence. In August 2004, which is about seven months after his disappearance, then-Sheriff Don Hunter fired Stephen Calkins. He wrote, quote, I have lost trust in Calkins and his ability to describe incidents in detail and to recall them. Like, no, he's just a big, fat liar. Yeah. Investigators searched the area where the men were last seen, even put a, a tracking device on Stephen's car. They did a complete forensic inspection of his car and couldn't find anything, no traces of either guys, but he knows where to clean his car. You know, he does it. He searches cars. He knows what to get rid mm-hmm. of. Then the FBI got involved and wrote a letter to Stephen asking him to answer questions from a federal grand jury about the two missing men, and he declined. And since there was no evidence, they didn't have to make him do anything, so he didn't have to go in front of the grand jury. So to this day, Stephen Calkins has not been criminally charged. He's 68 years old and last known to be living in Iowa. And he denies having harmed the man and will not do any interviews. Since then, Tyler Perry has gotten gotten involved. Yes, the Tyler Perry. He learned about the cases and became an advocate for the two families of the missing men and also offered a reward for the tips. At a 2018 press conference with Marsha, he said, When somebody goes missing and they're a blue-eyed blonde woman, it's all over the news. This woman has been struggling privately for many, many years just to get attention. And up until Tyler Perry got involved, involved, national news outlets were not covering these cases at all. That's how it... any coverage. That's how it goes with... Yeah. It happens. You want to think it doesn't happen? It does. I'm here to tell you. A year later, after Tyler Perry's involvement, a CNN report took a deep dive into both cases. And they were joined by two more reporters and interviewed nearly 70 people. By using phone records, dispatch logs, and interview transcripts, they were able to find, they were able to build a minute-by-minute timeline of the days of each man's disappearance. So just like their whole entire days. CNN also obtained every available incident and arrest report from Stephen's career. And there were more than 2,000 reports to sift through. So a freaking lot, but they found something really weird. In 2001, Stephen had stopped making arrests. What? Yeah. This guy had over 2,000 reports, but in August of 2001, he took a man to jail on a misdemeanor charge of domestic battery. But from then on, no arrest. Never arrested another person. And he did almost three more years of road patrol before he was terminated after that. Three and a half years, never, that's very unusual. That's very, very unusual. Yeah. And he wrote almost 400 incident reports. And there are plenty of reasons, like these two men, technically speaking, could have been arrested. Right. But he didn't. Exactly. And didn't even want to give them tickets. Yeah. So this went unnoticed in the department. They didn't even realize he wasn't arresting people. So... This could be relevant to the two men because they were both doing something illegal. Neither were licensed to drive, and they both lacked insurance. And I'm not saying who should or shouldn't be arrested, but I'm just saying in most cases, in that situation, a cop should have at least formally written them up and all of that. So it's like, was he taking justice into his own hands mm-hmm. after 2001 or with these two guys? Mm-hmm. A former deputy named Charles Peterson that went to the police academy with him said that Stephen had lost trust in the justice system. He said he always felt it was just a revolving door. They'd be back on the street before we finished our paperwork. Charles also said, quote, 
Do I think Stephen Hawkins is a racist? Yeah. I think he disliked Mexicans, and I think he disliked blacks. But then he tried to talk his way out of saying that by saying, actually, he just didn't like anyone who didn't have a license, or he was pissed off if anyone was uninsured. He was kind of trying to back himself out of that statement. Yeah. By like, oh, well, actually, he just this hated him. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you already late. said that. Too and, late. And then Charles said, do I think they're alive? No, I think they're dead. And do I think Stephen might have been involved in it? Good possibility. Is there evidence? No. Why? Because they never arrested him. Could he be a hidden monster inside? Yeah, he could be. I tell you, if Steve was capable and did do it, he would definitely make sure that the bodies would never be found. Well, that's... Isn't that just not freaky? a good look. So to this day, there's been no sighting, no remains, no nothing found of either Terrence or Felipe. Period. They're just... We know they didn't vanish into thin air, but yeah, they're... We don't know. We both think we know what happened. Yeah. So I got a lot of my info from a good article called The Deputy and the Disappeared by Thomas Lake, NPR and Maple News. And there's also a podcast all about this case called The Last Ride that goes into detail. I started it but haven't finished the whole thing yet. But it's, I mean, it gets into detail of who he is, who the cop is, who the guys are, everything. And it just, it freaks me out because something happened in 2001. No arrests were made. So I'm thinking there have been more deaths. I don't know that. Probably. That's just my speculation. But something happened to where he just, I don't know. There's no good explanation for that. Because he wrote incident reports for so many people who should have been arrested. Makes no sense. Like what, what was going on? Exactly. So it's still a mystery, but man. I just noticed your gum is stuck on your glass like a six-year-old. Yeah, I didn't want to smack the whole episode. I don't think I've ever seen you chew gum. Um, is this a pregnancy thing? No, I just, I was at Dollar Tree the other day and just tossed some in the car. It's that trident strawberry stuff with like lime goo in it and it just Gross. runs out of flavor immediately. <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't want to chew gum on the air. So yes, have it on my cup like a six-year-old. <laughs> well, um... So there was an update on the the woman from the plane. Yes, I've been looking into it. What do you What do you know? Tell me what you read. I mean, not much. That just her, we know who she is. She, she issued an apology. Yeah, thirty eight year old Tiffany Gomez from a Texas marketing exec. Um, she says she was fighting with family about <laughs> missing AirPods and claimed the plane was not safe and that it. She didn't want to leave because it wouldn't make it to his destination. Police get there. She tries to get back on the plane. Refuses to speak to the airport police. They tell her she has to leave, but she keeps trying to get through TSA. And she finally leaves. Um, she's now offered an apology about her outburst <laughs> and has launched a rebranding campaign oh, on her social media. An attempt to salvage herself and her marketing firm that she works for that represents Microsoft and Xbox. Hmm. So do you think she's just trying to save face, or do you think she means it? A lot of people online are like, she should be on the no-fly list. And I don't... Did she say any reason why she was saying he's not real and all that stuff? Like, specifically to what she was she's saying? She's not. No. It's not. It's like a... She's I don't just feeling like I had an outburst. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, she's being very cryptic. Um, hmm. I think I would be nervous if I saw her getting on my I plane. I wouldn't want her to be on my plane. Because what if she freaked out again and yeah. this time tried to open the door or uh, storm the cockpit? Yeah. Um, I don't really know how the no fly list thing works, but maybe just fly from, make her fly from here. <laughs> I'm just I saw no mention in any of these articles about mental illness, so I don't know what it was about. I'm a little disappointed that it's not aliens. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we just freak out. I could, I could be capable of anything right now. I am not 100% positive that it was it aliens. Wasn't aliens. And they've infiltrated her brain to make her forget. No, smartass. <laughs> I don't think that this, I don't think this is the same girl. She looks nothing like her. They have brown hair and they're female. I don't think it's her. I haven't looked that into the features, I'll be honest. No, I did. I mean, I honestly don't think it's her. Maybe I'm crazy, <laughs> but I'm like, she's a plant. Where's the real um, woman? Also, the Hawaii wildfires are fucking 
awful. They really are. It's so sad. They, mm. This videos that I've been watching about these people jumping into the ocean to save oh. themselves, they're trying to keep them drowning. Their kids, they're having to swim out because the water's too fucking hot and embers are blowing. Oh my gosh. Sounds terrifying. It's the deadliest wildfire in U.S. history in more than a century. And we've had so many bad wildfires in the West. The cause is still under investigation. 1,300 people are listed as missing, which is unbelievable. Oh, gosh. Uh, 20 cadaver dogs have been brought in. The power company is under investigation for not turning the power off because of the strong winds from the hurricane that's out Mm. at sea can cause power lines to fall over. And so that could have caused it. Oftentimes they will shut the electricity off to keep that from happening, but they didn't hear. But I feel like there's a lot of things that go into play with shutting that off. Like people need machinery, medical machines. That's true. I mean, I feel like there's just, I don't know. Um, it's it's awful it also would turn off water pumps as well so this happened obviously you've been watching it um on the island of maui it's destroyed almost every single building in lahaina i'm probably mispronouncing that i'm sorry um nearly 5.6 billion dollars worth of damage here's the thing every video that i've been watching you know the tiktoks of people that live there and People that were there on vacation, all these things, there was no text. There was no <sighs> siren. There were no evacuation orders. No one got any indication that anything was wrong. There were 13,000 people in this community. There was no one directing traffic. Man. It turned into complete gridlock on the road with trees and shit blocking. And people were burning fucking alive in their oh, cars. They were I leaving their cars with their babies, jumping into the water. The Like I said, the, the water system collapsed. There was no water to put out the fire. Again, no siren sounded. The 911 system went down. Roads were closed. It, it just, it. their governor, Josh Green, says that climate change is the reason why so many people died. I'm sorry, but no. No, that's it. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you think it wasn't a natural fire? I'm not saying that. I just don't know, A, why this isn't what everybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. Because it's so awful and so strange, the whole thing. Of course, I spiral and watch these videos and TikToks and read all these articles. Especially the ones talking about, do, you ever heard of this? Mm -hmm. Direct energy weapons? I don't think that's what happened oh, here. <laughs> don't let me just stop that. I don't think that that's what happened here. It but was climate change. There were definitely a lot of articles talking about the government controlling the weather, and this be D. What was it? D E W D E W. Yeah. So, anyways, I sent you one last night about the aliens. Oh, being fake. yeah. You're gonna my TikTok's gonna be a mess Listen, now. It's gonna, and the government's using holograms like they do in Vegas to show a giant <laughs> spaceship in the sky. Giant holograms, and then a man or an alien is supposed to come down like Jesus, and I guess all have one religion. Girl, <laughs> I love a conspiracy theory as much as the next person, but this one I was like, "Damn, I'm who can make us all though have, have I, one religion?" Listen, and I, which one? I was trying to unwind. We recorded yesterday. I went and got groceries. Yeah, I shampooed my carpets. And ate an omelet and drank three white claws. Oh my gosh. And tried to just relax in bed. <laughs> an and omelet. then I stumbled with yeah, an omelet at 9 30 uh, with a white claw. That ball. sounds delicious. And then I'm trying to unwind and I see this TikTok and I almost had a pig tag. I didn't go to bed to Your TikTok's clock. probably wild. Oh. Like your for you page. I don't even know what happens well, over there. No, let me tell you. It's, it's <laughs> our TikTok because remember, it's you, the crime. Oh my you God. You signed me tip- out it's of tip- mine. Tip- and put me on the United States of Murders TikTok. Oh so if you get on there, you'll see, I'll see what you've been looking at. <laughs> oh, I look at. I'm like, I have to stay off the TikTok because oh. I'm like, man, don't. I, I really want aliens to be real. I'm always so surprised because you just during your own little TikTok world. Like I'm seeing new moms and their daily life vlogs no. and Taylor Swift stuff. And then there's conspiracy theories. There's aliens. See, it's, it's, that's it's me. Like, there's a vast TikTok. It's, there. It, it gives me anxiety. I'm like, I can't look at this shit before I go to bed. I had a dream the other night about my car getting broken into and 
no one would believe me that my car was stolen. I'm like, do you see it in my driveway? Oh, my gosh. That's dark. Jax is just going into the weirdest places. <laughs> he's sleeping Maybe in he senses various corners. Hologram aliens. Oh, he would. He's the alien. You got anything? <sighs> no, not really. Uh, not watching anything. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Or was I? Um, I finished Three Pines. Great first season, but it's the only season, so it kind of sucks, you know? Oh, I started watching this show last night after I freaked myself out on TikTok. You needed something. I do that. I'm like, I need to watch The Baking Show. Well, I didn't watch that. I watched Saviors and Demons on Hulu. Oh, my gosh. That calmed me down? Listen, what is well, that? I fell asleep. I, Saviors and Demons? Saviors and Demons. It's a show, like a series, and it, this is the first time I ever saw it. And it is... Not heard of this. So it's um I'm watching great British bake offs to calm down, I'm watching Saviors and Saviors and Demons. I'm Googling it. Um so I'm shit, where'd it go? Here it goes. So there's different episodes and it's all <laughs> there's different episodes and they're all they're all about a different um I keep turning this on. I'm so sick. Is it a docuseries? There's different seasons. Or is it like oh, a show show? It's a show show. So there's season one. There's only three episodes. Oh. Um, first one's about the poltergeist girl. Second one says who killed Amber. And the third one's Team Tina versus the prosecution. So I think it's all about um, the people that help the court system and the people that are in oh, prison. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Like I said, it looks super interesting. What I watched before I fell mm-hmm. asleep in my Michael <laughs> dreams looked uh, pretty good. No, that sounds interesting. I feel like I just watched something, but I have pregnancy brain, and I if I don't write it down, I it's gone. Lacey's struggling today. I was paint touching up paint on my door yesterday, and I was painting, and then I stopped and looked at Samuel, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, painting." Uh-uh. Like. Truly, I understand what people say. Like, my mind is so spacey. Well, it's only going to get worse. It's always been a little spacey. Like, I've always <laughs> walked into a room and been like, "Where? what am I doing? But I'll be doing the thing yeah. and not know what. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, where are we next week? Idaho. Idaho. So, bye. Bye.